Okay, everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the first episode of Powerful Stuff <laughs> with Mara and Eileen. Powerful Stuff. We are so excited to be doing this because we have been each other's confidants, each other's lockboxes. We've seen each other through immense growth, different relationships, jobs, friend groups, all of it. Crazy transitions through the past two years, especially. And we've both been each other's therapists through it all. Eileen and I lived together from 2021 to 2022 in a beautiful bungalow, uh, a 100-year-old bungalow in uh, Venice Beach. Yep. Meredith was my first roommate when I moved out to LA from the East Coast, and she coddled me and brought me into this new world. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. <laughs> um, it's so funny seeing people transition from East to West Coast. Oh yes. Doing the first breath work, <laughs> the first death rebirth ceremony. And here we are, trained therapists. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Although do not legally take yes. any of our advice. This um, is just musings. Yeah. Just musings. But um, but the, the cool thing about it is that we both were roommates and then we our friendship deepened even further the year after we were roommates. You were yes. technically my last lease roommate before I moved in with my now husband. Mm. And um, and so we had the idea to do this podcast more so also because we're, you know, each other's therapists and each other's coaches and cheerleaders and we always reframe things for each other and you're one of the most trusted sources of my own um, advice that that I will take from anyone. Um, and so doing this podcast is a way of kind of letting you guys have an inner working of our minds. Yes, I feel like we have the best conversations where we can just go deep and find these patterns in the world and do this deep dive analysis and then also handle each other's deepest, most tender emotional sides. And you've really been the person that opened me up and made me feel so comfortable sharing those parts of myself that felt so scary and now come out so much more easily. I know. And now look at us talking about it on a <laughs> podcast. And it is, it is true because it's like, uh, it's so beautiful and so rare to have friends where one of you can be so vulnerable and like mm. going through a breakdown and the other one's still viewing you as your highest self. And then the next time the other one's going through it and yes. you know, it's, um, this beautiful ebb and flow of like both of you equally respect each other and trust each other's advice and trust each other to see you at your lowest points as well as to celebrate with you at your highest. And so our intention of this podcast is for you all to feel like you're along the journey with us. And, um, the musings that we share in our relationships and our friendships and boundaries, communication, manifesting life, family, work, just living, figuring out how to wake up every day and feel your best and live your life in a way that just feels good for you. Yeah. With, you know, like learning to love those little voices in your head, both the good and the bad and, and what those mean and how you can reframe those things into like positive fuel for yourself. So that is our hope and our intention with powerful stuff um, yes. that you leave with your own powerful stuff at, at very worst, this will just be a free therapy session for Eileen and myself <laughs> together. And at best it'll be a resource for you and hopefully bringing you closer to yourself and the people around you. Absolutely. I think for us, it's all about being able to look at the duality of every situation and choose the one that is going to help us most. And we want to help you do that too. I love it. 
And so for each Powerful Stuff episode, sometimes we'll have long form such as this, um, where you can take us on a hike, cleaning your kitchen, whatever. And other times we'll have short mini episodes, which are just maybe musings to set you up for your week, stuff that we've been thinking about or little meditations. So you can kind of think of it like a variety show. Absolutely. Just we... We have a broad range of interests and ways we like to express ourselves. And so we want to share all of those facets with you. Yes. Yes. It's like a buffet. Like I always like to say, <laughs> take what you want, leave what you don't want. We're here for it either way. And with that, you know, um, I run an experience company, more of that. And Eileen actually had the idea of us making, you know, a little arc in our podcast where... Uh, similar to the experience company, we'll always kind of have an intention setting moment. Um, and then we'll always end with like a takeaway and closing the container and having it feel really complete. So we wanted to have you along for that experience with us in this podcast. Yes. I think one thing that you do so well in not just the events that you professionally set up, but just the friend and group interactions that you always inevitably help curate is you make everyone feel like they are seen at the beginning and then seen throughout the whole experience of being together. And um, I just think that's a beautiful thing of making everyone feel like they're coming along this journey. Yeah, you guys are all along with us. Um, we feel you <laughs> retroactively, <laughs> futuristically. Yes. Um, so we'll all start because we do live in Venice. I like to say everyone in Venice is all about the collective breaths. Um, and that's another thing you'll enjoy in this podcast is funny little musings that we see in Venice Beach, California, because it is a wonderful place, but also a parody of itself. A walking comedy. <laughs> yeah. A walking comedy, if you will. But my God, we love it. <laughs> um, so that being said, back to our collective breath. So if you just want to take a second to close your eyes and just notice any sounds around you or any thoughts in your head with completely non-judgmental awareness. And take a deep breath in through your nose, pulling your breath up to the crown of your head and open mouth exhale, sighing it out. Second deepest breath in, pulling up from your pelvic floor, expanding your lungs, squeezing at the top of your head. And then exhale, waterfall that breath all the way down your toes. And I know I said the second breath was the deepest, but I actually mean the third. So go ahead and take the true deepest breath of your whole day. Squeezing at the top. And as you squeeze at the top and hold your breath at the top, asking yourself, what would make today a day where you feel tapped into your powerful stuff and exhale it out as that answer comes to you. And we hope that in listening to this podcast, whether it's directly or amusing you have after you are tapped into your own powerful stuff as you slowly open your eyes or if you were driving, I hope that your eyes were open, <laughs> <laughs> but just taking a few deep breaths and we're back here. So for today's episode, we really just wanted to talk a little bit about our own tapping into powerful stuff with each other, how we first met, where we were, what we were thinking about, our transition, and where we are today, so you can get to know a little bit of both of us. Um, so I'll start by reflecting, you know, my initial encounter with Eileen, and then she'll do the same for me, and we'll leave you guys with some musings of where we currently are at. 
um, and some, some journaling, some food for thought for yourself as well. So I remember, um, I think it was, we, I've obviously heard your name a lot from Sam, our friend who brought us together, who you went to high school with, and we have mad props for Sam, a headhunter fee for Seriously. awesome roommates, <laughs> friends, and uh, Best podcast friend host. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sam connected us and you had come to LA a few times and um, had done, you know, various Venice activities with me. And I remember we were talking in COVID and there were whispers of you moving to Los Angeles. And my roommate and I, our lease was coming to an end and I was like, Eileen's such a light. She's such a great energy. I always describe you to people as like a fairy, um, especially with your laugh and it's just all so heartwarming <laughs> and you had come to some of my zoom yogas in covid yes and i was like what if we live together and mm. i remember when you came and um we found this amazing beach bungalow as i discussed we did our opening ceremonies um i just felt so like safe with you mm. like to say anything and that we both, you know, in our opening ceremonies of friendships with, if anyone is moving in with someone, it's a great idea where you share your deepest fears, your pet peeves, your intention for each other, your intention for the space, which then it creates a safe space for communication later of how to express things when you need something to come up or you need a boundary. And anyways, yeah, I just remember you being such a light. And at the time you were working with your mom mm -hmm. on your rug company ground plans and had just come to LA and we're kind of diving into all the things within two weeks of being here. You found a farm <laughs> to go volunteer at. And I was like, who is this girl just integrating herself already one with the nature, like taking field trips outside of Venice beach, um, playing with the animals, learning about herbs. <laughs> um, and you made our garden or we didn't even have a garden. It was concrete, but you made it into um, our beautiful patio. Our beautiful patio. Like a, you got boxes and put mulch in them and then planted. Lots of vegetable <laughs> Lots experiments. Lots of vegetables, <laughs> yeah. Which are great. We ate a few strawberries from there. We got a couple cucumbers, maybe a squash or two. <laughs> yeah. And just I think from that time two years ago to now, I've really seen you. Um, you've always been so insightful and such an immense space holder for me and God knows how many rabbit holes I've gone down. Um, but really seeing you also like step into owning your voice more, like you would always share your voice with me behind closed doors. But I really feel like the last two years you've really like allowed yourself to be cracked open and to put yourself in new situations where you experiment with curiosity of like, mm. what will happen if I say that or express this or um, go to this like different thing outside of my comfort zone and all of that being like the capstone of you just going to, to India, getting your yoga certification and, and embarking on this new chapter beyond ground plans. And I feel like it's just been so exciting to see you on this upward spiral of knowing who you are amidst like leaning into different chapters of total uh, uncertainty, mm. which is, I think, like the ultimate um, testament to you and knowing yourself to be able to exist in so much uncertainty and still feel so grounded in yourself. Wow. Thank you. That is so beautifully said. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh, of course. I mean, that is the number one goal. I feel like my goal, at least in life, is to be the calm amidst all the chaos. And sometimes we're forced to be in that position. But if we can cultivate that feeling intentionally and willingly put ourselves into 
just the free for all of what life has to offer and still feel such a strong sense of self, that just seems like the best place we could possibly be in. But um, it's so funny hearing you reflect on our introduction meeting because it's like two sides of the same coin. Oh my gosh. And, you know, the whole time when, as you're kind of imagining perhaps this could be something, perhaps we could live together. I was on the other side of it, having lived in New York City for almost my entire life and just feeling so ready to jump over into this new world. And you were really my first introduction into that. And I remember when we started having those conversations and I felt like for you, you know, you had been living on Abbot Kinney in the middle of Venice, which was like my dream place to live. It just felt like the epitome of freedom and self-expression and healing and learning. And you were in the mix of all of these different projects and immersed in these different communities and just represented so much life and so much freedom just in yourself and the way that you conducted your life and expressed yourself as well and weren't afraid to be vulnerable with people. And in our smaller interaction with interactions, when I would just come and visit I always felt so energized after our meetings and I just felt like anything could be possible and like there was just this momentous feeling of how big life could be and how exciting it could feel. Oh my gosh, I love that. I felt the same. <laughs> um, I was also going to make a note of um, which I think could be, an, I thought of two interesting questions uh, when you were saying that, which is maybe we could both share one thing we've learned from the other person. I love that. In the last two years and then like we're a snapshot of like what you were going through or worked through in your own words from like the time we met to now mm. um, or like what's been a theme or reframe or something. But to start, <laughs> one thing that I learned from you is uh, really about that, that expression, when you do what's best for you, you do what's best for everyone. You've been someone who I've super admired in terms of boundaries and, um, and just like lovingly doing your own thing. You know, if not ever feeling pressure by a group to like go on the group thing because everyone's going on it or just having a night inward or a weekend inward. Um, and, you know, so often, especially for us recovering people pleasers, it can feel like we need to like give a big excuse for it or we can't do it or say no unless we have another plan. And I just found that so empowering um, learning that from you of just like you truly like doing what's best for like inner Eileen or little Eileen. Um, and that then makes whenever you do say yes to people or show up, like you're fully there, you're so present and it makes your yes, like a true yes. And it makes that interaction with you that much more powerful. Mm. So that's something that I learned from you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I, yeah. I feel that I really want to show up a certain way to people. So I'm glad that you recognize that. I, from you, the biggest thing has really been um, the ability to share yourself in so many ways. And it's both in intimate conversations, it's in the creative work that you do, and it's in the projects that you pick up. Um, and you have an insane amount of energy and an insane amount of willpower and determination. And I know that there are different projects you're working on and you are 
constantly navigating all of those and figuring out how to make them all fit together. But it's so beautiful the way you have the inspiration for an idea and you just go after it. And you don't just go after it alone, but you cultivate the people around you that make those projects happen. I guess this is one example of sitting here <laughs> doing the podcast. <laughs> but I've watched you over these past two years, you know, whether it's a song or an event or, um, you know, a new business that you have the idea for and you just take the steps slowly but surely and make it happen. I received that. <laughs> Thank you. Or something that we joke about in our friend group is, you know, oftentimes girls will boomerang compliments like, oh my God, no. But now we like... The Amy it, Schumer skit. Yeah, the Amy Schumer skit where it's like girls and compliments of just like receiving it and saying thank you and allowing the other person to give it versus being like, oh my God, stop it. I'm horrible at that. Because I found myself almost wanting to say when you were saying that, like, wait, but I have like... ADHD, as a lot of us do, as I know you, as, and that will be a good topic that we were yes. talking about before. <laughs> and uh, being like, there's so many that actually don't go executed. <laughs> uh, but I, I guess you saying that brings me to like where I felt like I was. And then, yeah, I would love to hear any of your musings on this because you were someone who helped me get there. But um, yeah, where I was when we met to now, I think a few things that I've worked through our one essentialism, like I had my beverage company at the time and had this idea of what it meant to be a founder and felt like I needed to carry through with it, even though my heart wasn't in it anymore. Um, and then while we were roommates, made the decision to shut this beverage company down that I had been working on for four years, telling all my investors. Um, and then in that place of like letting go of the idea I thought I needed to have of being a founder, uh, be replaced with coaching other founders and entrepreneurs and becoming a leadership coach and building that practice up and, um, you know, trimming down the fat of all the little different things I was doing and making it like, what's my main anchor and what are the things that support that? So yeah, I definitely feel like that was a big shift for me the last two years. And then I think it feeds into a larger theme, which is what I've seen for you, which yeah. is really about just embracing yourself and the things that you really want and the things that you're really good at and passionate about. And it felt like with the business side of things and also personal relationships, mm -hmm. there was such a theme of seeing things as they really are, recognizing really what lights you up. You know, it's so easy to, to say to people to do what they're passionate about, but what does that really mean? What does it really feel like? Um, to feel passion for something because sometimes we just don't know. And it was like you looked inside of your body and felt what was right versus what wasn't working. And throwing out a lot of these expectations, like you said, you had for yourself of what would make you feel accomplished or what would make you feel loved by someone or what qualities of that work or that person were important to you. And it was like you just distilled all of it, like you said, essentialism and realized what really would support you in your life and what really brings out the parts of you that you are already so naturally good at and the ways you already naturally kind of support people. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, you're right. It like takes on different flavors, the essentialism. Like it was yes. definitely the first layer was the professional layer, yes. the shedding of that and like what actually sparks joy, like helping people and coaching and then my hobbies of like telling stories. So creating my experience company, more of that and continuing to do my songwriting. And then I think on a two 
levels of boundaries and relationships. One was breaking toxic love patterns of going after guys that weren't giving me, uh, like, you know, weren't reciprocating or just were emotionally unavailable or who I liked the idea of and being like, how do I actually, how do I feel in their energy? Exactly. What makes me feel good? And am I enjoying this? And do I know that I am willing to speak up if something doesn't feel good for me and trusting in my worth in that? Exactly. It's sort of this shift from external to internal. Yeah, totally. And yeah, you definitely saw me through that transition, which then led me to meet my now husband, Spencer. I like literally met him six months into living with you. Yeah. And uh, you got to be along for the ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even at the beginning, too, like when things didn't go right rather than writing it off or, or not saying anything and waiting till an explosive fight. I think all of that self-worth and turning inward allowed me to communicate from a place of calmness with him and knowing that um, if it was meant to be, he would rise up to meet me. And if it wasn't, then we would be communicating from a place of clarity. Yes, that has honestly been the coolest thing to witness because I had never witnessed a relationship like that or been in one, but it was so clear that there was a culmination of everything that you had worked on within yourself and you were ready to put it out there. And you held such respect for yourself and such strong boundaries and also just such compassion in the way I think you communicated everything that you needed and wanted and expected. And it was just perfect. You know, like it, it, created the effect that you wanted and you were not afraid also to voice these things and work on them and give yourself the time and space and give the other person the time and space to meet you at that point that you so clearly saw. Yeah, totally. And I want to, or I guess, uh, that reminds me of like a little musing between you, me and Spencer that I wanted to share. Um, and then I want to hear yours and then we, I think we can touch on where we are now. Cause there's a few other big ones that I think both of us are feeling presently, but <laughs> to tie it back, we love going on tangents. We're <laughs> circling back. Um, ADHD. ADHD. Um, is yeah. When I, part of that journey that was hugely helpful for me was going to the Hoffman process, which is all about, reparenting your inner child and letting go of the old stories that we have developed in our childhood and realizing that they no longer keep us safe and it's um, we can recycle them, release them and step into a more empowered version of ourselves. And I was at the Q2 of that, which is like the second level where Spencer had just been with us for a month, uh, which because he, for context, he was motorcycling from Vancouver to Ushuaia, Argentina. We met on Hinge in LA. He crashed his motorcycle in LA. I said, you can stay here for a few days while you get it fixed. A few days turned into a month and we fell in love in that month. But then he still didn't have his motorcycle fixed. I was going up to Hoffman, which is in Petaluma in the Bay Area for two days. I'm like, is it okay if Spencer stays here for two more days? And Eileen is like the biggest saint because, um, you know, it's like already as a roommate to have a third person (laughs) in the house for an extra month is a lot. Um, But yeah, and basically... Spencer could have been a better house guest <laughs> those two days. And I came back, like, at first I was, you know, upset because um, I wanted Eileen and Spencer to, like, like each other, but also that I felt 
and some level like betrayed by Spencer for not being the perfect house guest for you because you and I, when we did our roommate opening ceremonies, it was like, uh, you know, we're each other's priority, each other, you know, we're equal partners in this house. So like prioritizing the other person's comfort is the utmost importance to us. So I feel like it showed a great communication, both with you and me and then me and Spencer. <laughs> you and me, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not okay. What do you need? And you and Spencer, um, or me and Spencer, I was like, I believe that you're a great human. I know that this was a fluke, but here are the things that I would need to like repair this. And a moment of trust that he could have easily just walked away and been like, no, I'm not doing that. Or yep. like whatever. Um, and yeah, he used that as an opportunity to grow and to rise to the occasion. So all of that's to say is I feel like that was an illustrative moment of our communication, of our foundation and then of, yeah, me being able to express that to Spencer and everyone growing from it. Yeah. And not only that, but then between Spencer and I, it was actually a huge moment for me because I six months into LA was still very new to this communication and openness and vulnerability. And in my mind, just because of the things I'd been exposed to and the way I grew up and the relationships I had had, I had this feeling that if something goes wrong and if there's conflict, it's just a sign that it's not working and you need to walk away. And not necessarily in the context of you and him, but for him and I, I sort of that would have been my initial reaction. And instead, I looked at the situation and realized, first of all, this isn't even my relationship, but this is the partner of someone who I love so much, who's become like a sister to me, my roommate, and she sees something in him. And even if I'm not quite there, it's worth it in this moment for me to get past all of my fears of confrontation, of putting myself out there, of being in this sort of uncomfortable position. And it's worth it for me to practice that not only for myself, but for the greater good of this whole relationship, all of these relationships. And so I did that and it was scary, but it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. And it was super empowering. And I think it was kind of... I can honestly say a catalyst into just practicing that more and more and more with different people. And so I am actually really grateful for that experience. And it's been beautiful also to just see how my relationship with him has evolved and you can get past anything. Right. Yeah. And now whenever you come by, he oils your bike tires. It's just so sweet. Yeah. yeah it's really sweet. Um, I love that. That was such a good catalyst moment for all of us. Um, and what would you say then for you, like the, the main thing, the last two years has been like the thing that you've worked through the most up until now. I know we both kind of reflected it back on each other, but yeah, that you feel like you look at Eileen from two years ago and you're like, wow, I stepped into this in this way. I think it's just been such a continuous unveiling of veils. <laughs> just there's so much, there's so much, there's so many questions that we ask ourselves and so many things we worry about in our lives. And I think it's just been about realizing, distilling kind of the essence, like why am I here? And there's a, what's the value of the people I'm surrounding myself with? And 
Um, sorry. <laughs> I got off track. Oh, I love it. The veils of veils. The veils of veils. And I, yeah, I like more, even more discernment in um, how you're spending your time and and who you're spending your time with. And even just like I know a few months ago, well, I guess maybe this brings us to present day musings of like you being ready to start a new chapter, but not knowing what new changes that meant. Exactly. I think that kind of goes back to what you were referencing at the beginning, like being able to hold your own amidst whatever else is going on and realizing also that your identity is your own. It's not attached to any of these external factors. And people say that and it sounds like, just such a platitude, but it's true. Your identity is your own and whatever kind of world you weave in and out of is just part of your experience. Totally. And yeah, I think it like now, well, one thing I'm grateful for, at least for the time, time being for both of us, not going to, what is that? I know before you, when you were thinking about transitioning career wise, and then you were going to go to India, you're like, I'm not sure where I'm going to land after. Like maybe I'm like, a little tired of LA Mm. and you came back and you had this new energy around it. And so, yeah, like with where you are present day, like what's going on in your mind for the next chapter and how did that re-energization come to be? I just feel really grateful to be here. And again, not a trophy platitude, but you travel and you see how many different versions of life could exist. And there are so many pros and cons, but we live in a place that is just so filled with abundance. I mean, there's excess and there are definitely downsides to that and there are issues with that, but we have everything we need. We live in a beautiful place with people who are so passionate and who are able and have the opportunity to chase their passions just for the sake of it. And it's, I just felt like I wanted to come back and embrace it. And instead of finding the critique with it, going back to that duality and reframing things, Mm. really reframe it and say, how can I make the most out of this? How can I come back to this place and actually use it for, for everything that it has to offer and, and be happy about it and leave the rest that, that doesn't resonate or feel good. Totally. Yeah. And I think the cool thing, like you said about even someplace like Venice and I have a love hate sometimes. Of course. Like like you said, it's like so easy to find all the things that are going wrong with a certain place or whatever. And then you realize like, yeah, going back to the trite expressions, like nothing external changes until you change the internal. And then there is so much you could grow to love here. Or if you don't like your friend group somewhere, it's like there's tons of other people in that same area that you could be hanging out with if you put yourself in those situations. Right. Um, You can meet new people and change your whole, the whole backdrop of your life. Right. And the types of things you're doing in LA, like LA, each neighborhood is its own vibe and there's like different pockets of different communities. And sometimes you can feel like energized by certain groups of people. And sometimes you're like, I love like how we had so many memories in this chapter of my life. And I don't like, and it, I feel like it's time for me to like meet a new group of, of certain people. I'm not saying like throw away all of your friends, but just in terms of like maybe like different communities that you spend some time with. Yeah. Realizing that it's okay if you're not spending all your time with the same people all the time, you can kind of float between groups and maybe you're super close to one group for a year or months and then you kind of flow out and meet other people and you can always come back and nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. And I think, oh my God, this is definitely going to be a podcast for a longer episode, but just, yeah, with 
friends. And I guess that brings me to my current, one of my current musings um, of this year of the essentialism of like really asking myself kind of like the Marie Kondo method of like which friends spark joy. And there are some friends who like, I wish every single friend that's ever been in my life, like so much love and feel so proud of them. But uh, yeah, of which ones do I feel like so lit up and energized by after versus like, when do I feel like, um, like it's not reciprocal or I feel drained just noticing your energy and it might have nothing to do with like that person at all, but just more so your energies together. The chemistry that happens. The chemistry and, and that's okay. And allowing it to, um, ebb and flow with certain communities or certain friends. And I've had to get really honest with myself this year as I'm being more discerning on the bigger projects I want to invest in and which friends do I want to invest in making time for and and letting it be okay to put up, you know, loving boundaries with other people who might've been like so great to be in my life at a certain point, but maybe now just it's not giving me the same energy. And that's been a really beautiful but hard lesson and one that you've coached me on a lot. And one, ironically, I coach a lot of my clients on with their boundaries, but I'm like, I need, I need my own coach and her name is Eileen. (laughs) It's so hard to see your life from the inside of it. Totally. So yeah, I think that's been, that's been such a big um, realization of really asking yourself, like, what am I doing out of obligation and what am I doing because it brings me joy, whether it's friends work, um, like anything in your life that you feel like you're doing because you should be doing it or you, you're prioritizing someone else's like comfort over your needs. Exactly. Whether it's in dating or I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I really don't want them here. And it was a hard lesson for me or not hard, but in planning our, our wedding, like there's so many, uh, people that, that I do love. I can't invite everyone. And it's genuinely like what would make me feel most comfortable on that day versus like what do, how will other people feel if they don't get an invite? Absolutely. And I feel like this is a theme that we're going to keep coming back to and back to because it's so important to learn how to recognize those feelings because sometimes that's the first step is just understanding when you're lit up or when you're drained. And you've had to really get in touch with yourself and use certain tools to figure that out. And it's essential to have that toolbox. Totally. Yeah. It's crazy. And I was going to say, as we, um, before we wrap up into our journaling prompts, uh, what, what is the biggest thing that you've been kind of like marinating in right now? Like your biggest truth that you're leaning into? I think on this in this phase of transition that you were sort of alluding to, the biggest things for me are really being honest with myself in every aspect and having faith in myself as well and just faith in the way that things will turn out. And that doesn't mean super religious or weird, but trusting that I have developed my skills, I've developed my self, my sense of self, my community, my tools, the people that I reach out to, the people like you that guide me through the different challenges, having faith that all of those things are kind of in place and that the next thing that happens is for me to just learn and grow more. Amen. And what about you? Oh my gosh. Um, And yeah, I, 
I totally feel that. Well, yeah, I think mine was definitely the the obligation stuff, releasing that. And then I guess on the building side of that, it is having everything funnel into each other. Um, in you know, I'm a manifestor generator uh, in human design. For those who aren't familiar, it's like taking a test on your birth time and figuring out how you work best in the world. And manifestor generators are like multi-passionate people. And for the longest time, I would weaponize myself against that of like, because all my life I'd hear people say, you need to focus, just do one thing. And it would feel like in hearing that, that something was wrong with me if I did a bunch of things or, you know, when I had my company and I was also teaching yoga and um, anyway, so I kind of like weaponized it against myself of having these different passions. And I think now I'm finally really like the last year or two, like pulling out the golden thread of like all of the things I do are about like <clears throat> owning and sharing my own story and helping others own and share theirs, whether that's through coaching or podcast, more of that. How do all these things feed each other? So then I'm able to focus on one thing at a time and it feeds the other things and it's not, um, you know, like a bad thing to focus on one thing knowing that I'm gonna, the other thing is going to come into play and if that makes sense. They all work together. They all work together and it's not weaponizing it or, or trying to do them all in a diffuse energy situation, but they're all feeding the same golden thread. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yay. So to close out our first episode, we would love to, you know, if you have a pen and paper and you want to journal this or just reflect on it with your own friends of like what things in your life right now are lighting you up, do make you feel fully expressed and what people in your life make you feel fully expressed. Um, and, and maybe making a list of those and then what things in your life are you doing out of the shoulds or out of the obligations and what is your fear if you put a boundary up or if you let those things go and I think that that will start to clarify um, like kind of I like to say it's a lifestyle audit that I do with my clients but that will start to clarify where you can create more space to do more of the things that you love and I think on top of that do you already know your golden thread? Like what is that commonality between all the things that you love? If you can find that or distill that or maybe ask your friends if they see a pattern in that and you, you can start to ask yourself, how can I feed that thread more? And how does how are all these things working to feed that thread? Mm. Is there anything you'd add to that? Beautiful. I think, yeah, just think about that feeling like, and this is, the way I was describing some of our first dinners before I moved to LA. But when you leave a dinner with someone, for example, and you just feel like high almost, you know, and you're yeah. just kind of like jittery and excited, like who makes you feel that way? And I think sometimes we might have those people in our lives and we might feel like we're not on equal footing or maybe we can't expect to spend so much time with them and they're, you know, living in a different express mode. But don't limit yourself. Like if there's someone that makes you feel that way, um, acknowledge it and and let yourself imagine spending more time with that person or people like them. Mm, I love that. More of that. More of that. Okay, so if we all want to close our eyes, take a deep breath in and exhale. And as you turn your gaze inward, just imagining tapping into 
most recent time that you felt joyful, like you were fully alive, fully expressed? What were you doing? Who were you with? And imagining that sensation, holding on to it as if you're stepping into a hot air balloon and it's starting to lift you higher and higher. And as it lifts you higher, with total love and appreciation, just viewing the things, the weights in the hot air balloon as things that you're ready to let go of, whether it's just certain relationships you want to put a boundary or a pause on or things in your life, old stories or habits you're ready to say no to. And just as you lift each weight up, tossing it out of the hot air balloon, thanking it for the lessons it's brought you to this day and then just like softly letting it fall to the ground. And as you notice, as you softly put these weights out of the hot air balloon one by one, letting them fall, feeling yourself become lighter and more expansive, creating more space for what you love for your golden thread, knowing that each weight was a lesson, a teacher, and now it's time to just simply thank it and release it. Taking another breath to seal that in and exhale to open your eyes to come back into this space. Thank you all for listening to us for our inaugural Powerful Stuff episode. Oh, thank you for ending with that beautiful visualization, the queen of visualizations. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Can, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, feel free to write us, leave us a comment, review. We'd love to hear from you things you want us to touch on. We'll definitely take readers' questions or listeners' questions. I can't wait. And um, we'll see you here for our next episode. Thank you for being with us for powerful stuff. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Powerful Stuff Podcast. We're your hosts, Meredith Baker. And Eileen Leguiu. We hope that you learn some powerful stuff that you can take away and implement into your own life. And if you do, we would love it if you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, Powerful Stuff. And if something deeply resonates with you and you share it on social media, tag us. We would love to hear from you. And we will also see you next week for some more Powerful Stuff. stuff.